the Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. It's another week on the Mess It Up podcast. I am the Bowtie Guy. And I am the Biker Chick. And we are here. We've been having, gosh, I, I think we've been sitting talking for the better part of uh, two hours and uh, decided we would go ahead and give it a shot and see if we could uh, record a show today. Absolutely. And, uh, sometimes it's a great day to record and sometimes it doesn't feel like it and I'm hoping that God's just gonna pull it through and make it a great day to record. But um, we're just gonna see what happens here. That's right. Letting the tape roll and see where we go with it. Right. Uh, so um, we were talking about some issues that have come up in life and some struggles, and it was really uh, kind of that is it odd or is it God thing because on my way out to the prison today, uh, my check engine light came on in the car. And I was like, oh man, this is not good. I'm not happy about this. So uh, I go to the prison, do my thing, and I come back into the town where the prison is, and there's an, an auto zone there, and so they have, they let you read their little code reader for free to check what's going on with it. So we did the code reader thing, and it turns out, gas cap. It's got a, a, a leak of the fuel you know, pressure or whatnot, so gas cap is the most likely culprit. I took it off, and I inspected it, and sure enough, there were cracks in the gasket of the, uh, of the cap. So we were able to diagnose it, change it, and the engine light's off. Nice. It's working good. It was a very inexpensive fix. I was very pleased about that, but it made me think about those cracks that form in life. And I was driving along because I drove this car out of town yesterday, went to the prison, went further out of town to go uh, see Mercy Me and came home. There were no problems. I, I, I got gas yesterday afternoon, put the thing on. So I'm thinking, okay, gas cap shouldn't be on because I'm thinking it's just screwed on weird and that's what's causing it. Those big fails are easy to see they're more obvious. It's the little ones, the cracks that formed that I didn't realize it formed and it was just at that point I finally said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And, and that's how life works a lot of times. Yeah, absolutely. We get these little cracks that build up and all of a sudden it's, I can't do this anymore. And my, my CR classes, two of my uh, CR classes at the prison have restarted. They're, they're brand new and we're on step one. Just realizing that there's a problem, that, that, that life is unmanageable, that I can't control this anymore. And uh, the lesson I taught yesterday and today was lesson two in the CR curriculum, which is powerless. And that idea that we don't have the power, I don't have the power to control things that I thought I could control. And um, I don't know, it, people, as they go through recovery, one of the things that I'll see is people will come for a year and then when we start over at lesson one, they're gone. And right. it's like, okay, I've done this, so I, I don't need to do this anymore. And I've been doing this now for, you know, 15, 16 years, something like that. And I've gone through a lot of these lesson ones. And today I've got a guy who's coming through and he just took a little piece of wisdom and just put it in my lap and said, here you go, have this. And he said, being in control. So, you know, he was talking about worry. He said, if I'm in control of something, 
well then I don't need to worry about it. So if I have control, there's no need to worry. If I don't have any control, there's no need to worry. Basically, there's no need to worry. And I was like, well, that's an interesting perspective. I had never looked at it that way. And that's what I love about redoing these classes with new people is that you're just always getting this fresh perspective and wisdom. And as I was driving home, it just made me wonder what, where else are the cracks in my life? And, and where, where am I not seeing these things? Because I'm not taking the gas cup off. I, I took it off yesterday and put it back in because that's what you do. I don't, I don't inspect the gas cap. No. You know, I check the oil. Right. Uh, check the radiator fluid. Look at the pressure in the tires or whatever. And, but I don't look at that gas cap to say, hey, is that gasket doing okay in there? And I'm sure I'm missing some gaskets in my life. Some gaskets in my life right now are like on their last thread. And what if you see the big cracks and you just keep trying to screw back on anyway? You I'll just keep getting the tire, error code, tire. right? Yeah. Or you know what? What I'll sometimes do, check engine lights on. You know, I've checked that. It's really not anything big deal. Mm -hmm. okay. It's a big enough deal that they turned the light on for me. Right. And, they programmed your car to alert you that right. there was an issue. And, and they have nicknames for those lights. They call them idiot, idiot lights. lights. Right. So that they're, yeah. And yep. Yeah. So that idiots like me, who know nothing about cars, can still be warned that there is something going on with yeah, your car. Yeah. They're not to be ignored. Yeah. It might be the smallest of things, like your gas cap. I mean, that is a relatively quick and inexpensive fix. $11.47. See? Perfect. So even just those little warning lights, you know, if, if not taken care of, obviously they can lead to bigger things. Right. So like huge fires, like big red flags in your life that you choose to ignore and step over and say, Oh, look, I see a big red flag. And then you walk on like Sometimes you never saw the, it. The, I had one guy who said, you know, I didn't treat the red flags as warning. I treated them as targets mm. and just went right. That's interesting. Right. The red flag. Right. And that can happen. Absolutely. I mean, I do it. I do it. I'm pretty sure most people right now, safely, if you're driving, use one hand on the wheel. But, you know, raise your hand right now, and right. I'm doing it in the room. Uh, if, if you're guilty of aiming at the red flags, I would, I would imagine that a lot of people aim at those red flags and for a wide variety of reasons. I think it, you know, yeah, the wide variety of reasons is, you know, things we were taught as children, things that we experienced as adults, um, continued cycles of trauma in our lives, um, things that we, you know, see from our parents that we believe are how life should be. You know, I know that there's a lot of things where I've just had my blinders on because it's what I've known my entire life. It's what I grew up with, seeing people, the people around me are this way. It's just normal. But when I take those blinders off and I see the rest of the world, I realize it's not like that with all these other people. Right. And so as I start to take the blinders off and see things I realize how dysfunctional certain things in my life really are. And, but that's where I also become empowered to understand that I have the choice to make a better decision. This isn't just how it has to be. It doesn't have to remain in this place always. You know, the whole saying, no better, do better. 
that's one of my favorites because if you know better but you don't do better you're still making a choice and the really cool thing is is once you realize that you've got that choice and you can make it then life is super easy Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just, you know, you skip through flowers and yeah. you know, the rainbows and the butterflies and yeah, yeah, unicorns. And it's, it's, I think that's one of the things that frustrates me so much in my own life is seeing, recognizing, mm-hmm. you know, step one. Okay, cool. Not in control. Awesome. Right. Now what? I don't, where do I, how do I garrison the strength to, to do what I know I need to do, but that I don't want to do. I mean, that's, I mean, Paul goes through that. I, I, I don't do the things that I know I need to do. And I do the things that I know that I don't need to do. And I mean, that gives me a little bit of comfort knowing that I'm not the original idiot, Right. but still it gives me a little bit of, uh, knowing that Paul went through this 2,000 years ago, and now I'm going through it still. It's like, well, the end ain't in sight. You right. know, it's just this, is this the human condition? Is this a chronic uh, situation or, or, or thing that we're just, we're going to have to deal with? And I, I'm, I'm thinking that the evidence seems to point to that. Oh, for sure. That this is how it is. I was doing a response on my question because I'm in marriage and family counseling class this semester and it talked about marriage we're talking about marriage first wait a minute just back this up you're in a marriage class and you're talking about marriage well i said marriage and family i said we're in marriage and family counseling but we're talking about marriage first gotcha next is family okay weird right um but we were talking about the foundation of marriage and what that means from a covenantal standpoint and right. what that means for uh, an impact on society, what that means for an impact generationally um, from a solid marriage that shows commitment and attachment and healthy functioning and you know relation between two people versus what a broken marriage or divorce or separation or those things look like. And can you say real quick, just for people who might not be familiar with that, look at the covenant aspect of marriage because I don't think that's something that everybody carries into marriage necessarily that idea of covenant and for me mm-hmm. the idea of that covenant is that it's more than just a legal agreement right it is it's going into it and and it's 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 it was a bigger thing. I remember hearing about you know covenant when they were they would take the the sacrifice cut it in half and separate and the two people would walk between it together in that that joining of it so it, it, it has more of a I think I, I this might be the wrong way to say it, but more spiritual impact than just legal impact it, it's like yeah, more it, of an exclamation point it talks or, about you know the, the the three stranded cord is not easily broken in the Bible it talks about the husband the wife and then God all intertwined together so for me a covenantal relation or marriage looks like a man and a woman bound and created into one by God yeah so it's 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 the forming of a unity and with just two of them you just have a a twisty string right you don't have that right strong rope thing 
<laughs> so eloquently put. No, I, I am the wordsmith. You are. And so it, it's just from a, a spiritual standpoint, it's, um, it's just a different approach yeah. than just, Hey, we're legally getting married. Right. Um, and God's got to be at the center of it. And, um, I have no idea where I was going with that point now. Right. Other than, um, oh, I was talking about the impact it makes on society as a whole, on generations moving forward, and just how much. I still don't know where I was going with that. Well, when I, I think where where I was going with it, and this might be the wrong place, but it's where I'm taking it because okay, you know, let's right, go. Jesus, take the wheel, and whatever. Uh, when you have that covenantal marriage compared to the, uh, the, 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 just the societal norm marriage, the, 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 the secular, let's go to the justice of the peace and put a ring on it kind of thing. So now I can get your health benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, there's less convenience to it. And when there's less convenience, there can tend to be a requirement for more work. And I have seen uh, people who were involved in long marriage relationships, but it wasn't covenantial. They Mm -hmm. weren't growing together, they weren't bound together, but they stayed together because that's just what you did. That's what you were supposed to do. That's what was expected. And they literally, I had a friend and her, her parents lived in separate bedrooms in the same house and they never did anything together. They were just married. Right. They, they had a legal agreement between them many years ago. And that was the only thing that was there, which is pathetic. It's, I think so. I, to me, it's a waste. Mm-hmm. And you know, we talk about, you know, does God want people to get married? You know, we say, oh, God hates divorce. Yeah, but God doesn't dig that thing, whatever that is. God's right. not like looking down and saying, good job. Right. Everybody come take a look at these people because they're doing it right. Well, and that's what, you know, I'm going through the, there's a book that we're reading, the one of, one of three, I think we have to read for this class, but it talks about, um, what, marriage is supposed to represent it's supposed to re- represent the union of Christ and his church mm-hmm. as well it's supposed to honor each other and glorify Christ above and beyond anything and so i think when there is abuse neglect um even an unequally yoked marriage there's a lot of things that do not resemble what marriage is supposed to look like. Just like the church before Christ. You had people who had reverence for God and followed the rules that were set down from their forefathers for God, but they didn't have the marriage. Jesus had to come and do that because there wasn't the relationship. Right. Yeah, it's not about the law. Right. It's about the relationship. Right. And and if it's if it's if it's that way for my faith, and if Jesus is shown and, and used marriage is the analogy that's used. And that means that it must, must follow through in my marriage as well. That, that it's about the relationship, not about the filing with the county that I lived in. And that's one thing that I love. I think it's, I can't remember I'm reading like three books right now, but 
the book that I was um, reading talks about how um, the law was set forth to show that we needed God, right? So we could not do this alone. Therefore, God sent Jesus, and now we live under grace. We live under the new covenant of Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean that we're excluded from following what God wants us to do in our lives. You know, so there's still a part of the law that is to be fulfilled, love others, you know, thou shalt not kill. I'm sure all of those like biggies are still there, you know, not so worried about the head covering or anything like that, but there's still parts of what God wants for our lives that grace allows us to fulfill. Yes. And I'd never heard it put that way that, you know, cause I've always heard the, the law and the grace as two very separate things, but to join the law under grace and saying, this is what God is allowing you to do positively in your life by following the desires of his heart for your life. Yeah. And, and freedom is not just the ability to do stuff. It's the ability to not do stuff. Absolutely. I'm free to not participate in this or to not take this substance or to not eat that thing or, or whatever it is. It's, the freedom goes in, in both directions. Right. And um, my goodness, I just looked at the time. We're just rolling through here. This is, we're, we're, we're good. Well, I'm going to make one more point yeah. before we go on to the song. Um, God, my brain keeps freezing and I don't know why, but um, it gives us the ability to do or not to do, right? Yeah. Makes makes those choices. And I think that plays out into our relationships because what came to mind is you can either have a relationship that edifies you and empowers you and makes a positive impact on your life, like brings you up to a whole different level. Um, and in the Christian life, that is bringing to you to a level that honors God, mm-hmm. that um, pushes you in relationship with him, that doesn't crumble you to your knees. So you have to seek God in everything that you do, but we have the choice to, you know, look at marriage or look at any relationship and see what the basis and standard of what that relationship does in your life. Does that bring you closer to Christ? Does that edify God in this situation? Does it put him at the forefront, not in a crisis situation, right? but in an honoring situation to where I choose you because I choose Christ. I choose you to honor you as my wife or my husband in marriage because you honor me as Christ honored his church. Right. And if you want God there in the crisis situation, whatever you want in a crisis situation, you're saying this is the most important thing, you know, right here. Well, then that needs to be the thing that's there when the crisis isn't there. Because if it's important in a crisis and it works in a crisis, then by golly, it's going to be even better when times are good. And so that means when we're reaching out to God because we've hit that horrible situation, then I need to keep him there when the situation turns better. Because the situation didn't turn better because it got tired of being bad. The situation turned better because I turned to God and God showed me the way to that that better life. Truth. Yeah. And uh, I, I did something that I, 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 you know, it's one of my things is the words. And I realized I forgot to tell people we the word of the week. We didn't do the yeah. word of the week. And I was sent um, some words this week by a listener, which was awesome. Thank you so much. So I'm using one of them. This, this word is one that I actually had to look up. It's paucity. And, um, 
It means the presence of something only in smaller insufficient quantities or amounts or scarcity of something. It's just like there's not much of it. And sometimes there's a paucity of uh, sanity in my life because everything is just so nutty and, and, and crazy. But I think that's such a great word. So thanks for sending that in. If you have words uh, that you want to send in, you can definitely do that. Uh, send them into the show and we love having that. You can also send in songs of the week. And this week, our song of the week is a song by Pat Barrett, and it's called I Am Held. So we're going to let you listen to this, think about being held. We'll come back on the other side and uh, tell you a little bit about what we thought about it. So uh, hang on for 90 seconds, and we'll see you in a little bit. With your breath inside my lungs, crowned with your blessings. Proud of the work you've done, I am held. I am held. I am held by the one who won't let go. I am held. I am. So uh, sometimes you find a song and you think, wow, this is really awesome. And then you just step in it, which is what I did. Uh, this song, I don't remember being held as a child. I know my dad held me, uh, but as an older child, you know, old enough to remember, I, I don't remember being able to do that. And um, I'm a big hugger and I held my kids a lot and I, I wanted them to feel that security. And, and Bev will do that for me now. Uh, and the the idea of of just being held by someone who won't let go um i don't know that's really important to me and i have i i don't know it's it's strange i have a lot of people who hate being hugged mm -hmm. in my life because i'm a hugger and i will do that mm -hmm. i'll do like we're just gonna hug here and and hug and hug and and uh some of the people that are closest to me are like get away stop right. hugging me it's it's too much um, Some people don't do intimacy well. I know, I know. and But to me, that is so um, safe, I think, uh, for me. is it, And it just, I, I sometimes I feel like I just don't want to have to protect myself. I want someone else to protect me, I think. Right. Maybe it is. And I know that God will do that. Um, and I love the first line of, of verse 2. It says, made for communion. And it's just... That's what we were made for. We were made to, to love and be loved by God. Um, someone told me the only thing that we can't do or that God can't do for himself is worship himself. Right. And that's, that's the only thing we really need to do is worship him and, and love him. And I just love that idea that, that we can do that, that we're caught in love and it won't let go. Um, everything else 
will people, friendships, relationships, work, all that stuff can come and go in an instant. But, but God is that constant. And sometimes it feels in my life, I'll just speak for me. Sometimes it's felt like he's not there. Right. And it's just, it's not true. I've just, I've got my fingers rammed in my ears too much to hear him or my, my hands covering my eyes because I don't want to see the chaos that's going on so I can't see him but but he's always there always absolutely. always yeah so um, so we we talked about those cracks and recognizing that there's cracks mm-hmm. and sometimes knowing what to do it, it was interesting when I went to go get this gas cap I went into the store and, and I said, Hey, I need to use the code reader to check it out. And the guy said, okay, yeah, sure do this. He told me everything to do. Sent me in with the code reader out to my car. I went and I plugged it in. I came back with the code. Okay, let's see what it is. He pulls it up. He shows me, okay, it says it's a gas cap. He printed off a couple pieces of paper talking about that it was a gas cap, but he didn't say, you want to get a gas cap? He didn't offer to sell me one. And this is his business is selling it. Right. So I'm like, well, I'll just, let's, let's just go ahead and buy this gas cap. Let's, let's just give it a shot and see. So we went out there and we, I, I changed the gas cap and I borrowed a, a wrench so that we could take the battery off and reset the, the code. And then he, he just handed me the, the old gas cap back. Like, here, do you want this? I was like, no. No, it's broken. I don't need this anymore. Right. I remember watching my father change parts on a car and keep the part. And one time I asked him, I said, you know, we went to the the store, we bought a new part, we came, we put it on, he took the old part and he put it on the shelf. I said, do you want me to throw this away? No, we might need it. I said, but dad, it didn't work. We bought a new one. Yeah, but this one might break even more than that one. So you, and just that idea of hanging on to the things that we don't need can be, I don't know if it's a comfort thing, if it's a fear of what might happen if I don't keep this. Is it always hard to get rid of those things we don't need? Is it sometimes hard? Does it depend on what it is and, and how, I mean, what, what happens in your life with that? I mean, cause I, I think some things are probably easy to get rid of. Like, okay. Like, like you dumped the alcohol mm-hmm. eventually. Right. Um, and, and I dumped pornography mm-hmm. and I didn't be like, well, I'll just have some. It's like, no, it's got to be gone. It's got to be gone, right. All of it's got to go. But other stuff, I don't. Right. Like, there's junk food in the cabinet, you know, just waiting. I went last night, and one of the, the things that made me upset yesterday was when I went to Krispy Kreme, it was closed. And I'm like, why are you closed? And I was like, I woke up this morning, I was like, thank goodness Krispy Kreme was closed. I, I didn't need that. I didn't need all a dozen donuts I would have eaten yesterday. Yeah. So... Is there something that makes it easy to get rid of something and harder to get rid of something else? Or is there everything just on an individual basis, do you think? From, Are there patterns? From <laughs> your face right now, so inquisical. Yeah. Inquisitical. Is that the right word? Inquisitive. Inquisitive and quizzical. Sure. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. And um, Exactly. Bless you. Um, <laughs> right now, there's a paucity of thought. Oh Lord, I don't even remember what that means. But anyway, anyway, um, I think it just depends. Honestly, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on your motivating factors to um, leave whatever said thing is in the past and move forward. Um, yeah, if there's a special attachment to some reason, 
or to something for some reason. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things I think that make a difference on, on how you proceed forward. Um, how clearly that thing impacts your life currently and whether it, it fully needs to go or if there's some positive things that you can, um, whatever the word for that is, that you, some positive things that you can glean from it and leave the rest there. Glean was the word I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, just this week, Bev, Bev's been going through cleaning things out after the earthquake. One of the rooms that everything fell out. She's so she'll bring me a box, go through this box. Tell me what you still need, what you don't need. And I'm thinking to myself, well, obviously I still have it. So I probably need all of it. Right. Yeah. So she brings me this box of software for computers on little, you know, three and a quarter inch floppy disks and or five and a quarter, whatever it is, the little floppy disks, you know? Right. Right. And these are from 1988, some of them. I'm sure you still need those. And I'm like, hmm, well, I haven't used that in a long time. I still have the computer that it could work on if it's not damaged from age, but I won't, but I want to have it. I threw away boxes, finally, just like, you know what, I'm not even gonna look, it's just, I don't need this stuff. Boxes of old floppy disks and CD-ROMs, and I had like, like Word version 2.0. Right. I mean, this is old stuff right. that I'm throwing away. And it was hard. It was difficult because, I don't know, I felt like I was cutting a piece of me out. Right. But I wasn't. Nope. It wasn't a piece that I needed or used. I just had this, this false need for whatever it was that I had built up in my head. And it was, it was difficult. And now that I've done it, I'm like, okay, all right, it'll be okay. I, I'll, I'll get through this. It'll be over and it'll be okay. Um, but it's, it's just, it's not easy. Right. I guess is the point I'm trying to make is nope. it's, it's not easy. It's healthy. It's good. And I wouldn't have done it if it weren't for Bev doing it. Right. So right now somewhere, Bev is probably, I'm guessing in the gym right now, she's looking at Adam Wright, everybody, and she's nodding her head like, that's right. I'm bad. <laughs> I took care of that. She's flexing to the walls and, and letting people know, don't mess with this little old lady because she's tougher than she seems. But I think that tells a grander story that sometimes we need those people in our lives. They're going to make us take a look at our junk and evaluate whether this is something we need to keep lugging around with us or whether it's time to let it go and just trash it. Yeah. Those accountability partners, that forever family, those sponsors, those people who are near and dear to you, um, that, that will risk everything to tell you what you need to hear not what you want to hear. Right. Uh, somebody talked to me about friends today in the prison, and they're like, a friend is not the guy who you hang out with who you like. The friend is the person that when they see you going sideways, they're like, hey, dude, you're going off track here. You need to stop that. And they're willing to risk the relationship because they love you enough. They love you more than they love the relationship. And, and that's what we need to have in our lives is those people who will this, speak that truth gently, lovingly, um, but, and then stick by us. I mean, I, I, I think that I could say something to you and, and love and it wouldn't be the end of the relationship. We don't have to agree, right? but it's still, we're still going to be there. And, and it's not about agreement. It's just about, you know, speaking that love. Absolutely. So, yeah. 
if you have that person in your life, your homework is to send them a, at least a text, but better yet, a call or take them out for coffee and just tell them that they mean something to you, that they're special, that they're important. Uh, care for that person. Take care of those people that you love. Um, maybe uh, everybody right now send Christina an email at uh, bikerchick at messituppodcast.com and just send her one thumbs up emoji. I'm going to beat Paul right now. <laughs> he knows that that is like the worst thing you could possibly do to me. Uh, she hates that so much. Just the one, one emoji. There have to be at least three uh, of something. It's like a blow off. Yeah. When you're like, eh, yeah. thumbs up. Okay. It's like, oh gosh, it's just like a blow off. That's yeah. how I take it. Yeah. But uh, send, send someone some love this week through a phone call or, or, or a personal visit or, or if you're only able to send a text or an email, do that. But, but let them know that they matter and, uh, and keep that relationship. Don't let it be the last time you do it. Um, they might look at you crazy. I did this to my kids one time and one of my daughters asked, dad, are you okay? Are you dying? Right. <laughs> because I was sending daily encouragement and love. Uh, so apparently that says I hadn't been doing it enough. Right. Uh, but anyhow, do that. Uh, you can also, you know, send stuff to us. I, I told you Christina's email. Uh, if you want to just email the show, it's info at mess it up podcast.com. Uh, my email, I'll let you tell it, Christina. It's bowtieguy at mess it up podcast.com. She did it so much better than I did. I had a hard time saying hers because I don't say it very often. So it kind of threw me for a loop, but, uh, email us. Also, if you love this show and you love what we're doing, we invite you to help uh, keep the show going and on the air by becoming a patron. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can do this. But, but that doesn't mean you can. that's all you can do. And some people say, oh, it's just a dollar. It doesn't matter. Listen, if everybody sent a dollar, it would be an amazing blessing to our ministry and really help us to do some things. Absolutely. Um, so uh, please consider doing that. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash mess it up, or you can go to mess it up podcast.com and look for the uh, become a patron button and uh, financially support the show and what we're doing here. And uh, if it means something to you, uh, we just would really love to have uh, that, that encouragement for us to, to give us the financial ability to keep on doing it. So uh, thanks for being here for another show. Uh, really glad that you were able to do this. This is kind of our, uh, our free therapy for each other. And um, thanks for being here and, and sitting on the couch quietly. Uh, now you can feel free to go about the, uh, the rest of your life and your day. Share the show with someone that you know. Check us out on our uh, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter accounts. Uh, look on Reddit and, and join the conversation there. And just be part of the community. Love on each other as we love on, uh, on you. And we will see you next time we mess it up. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess It Up.